Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Now, remember a few weeks ago when I said you don't need to be good if you're lucky. I'm not sure Arsenal deserved to win, but equally I thought City did deserve to lose. Make sense of that. Let's try. This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hiya, Sam. All right. Yeah. All right. Does does that make sense? Can I have I, I have I welcomed you into the world of nonsense to begin with? There, uh, to so, begin with, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. it goes upwards from here. <laughs> yeah, because um, I do think, in terms of uh, a city performance, it was um, not great, but equally better than I was fearing it was going to be. Given this, I mean, we're heading into all sorts of tenses there. Uh, but at the same time, like they did get beat by a deflected winner in the last minute it's like there's there's, a, there's yeah. only so critical i can be of that yeah the main the, i think yeah my, my main analysis of the game main takeaway of the game and i tweeted it as soon as arsenal scored because it did have the feel of i don't care how long's left here this isn't going to be one all um it felt like it was going to be a nil nil game it was a nil nil game yeah um we could have been spared the oh what does this mean for city what does this mean for on all that overinflated bollocks by the game just having the decency to end nil-nil, which is what it was really. Um, that was it. It was a deflection. I, I know it sounds incredibly bitter. Um, I'm here for it, mate. You're all right. I'm from, fine. Well, I know. <laughs> I know. But like, from us, but like, it, it does sound incredibly bitter. But it was a nil-nil game. Um, I suppose the the biggest thing you can you can read into it is you know City without Rodri, and I guess that's where we'll get where we'll get most of the legs from the podcast from. But it was a nil-nil game, and it was a nil-nil game because. City went there to, um, and again, in terms of City not being great, how many times do we say sometimes they don't look great even when they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so in my article for The Athletic, I've used the one-all draw against Leipzig in February as an example of that. And obviously Guardiola mentioned it the other night and we talked about it the other night. Um, But I mean... In the second half against Leipzig, they actually weren't great, were they, in, in that one-all draw? But the broad 
strokes of how they played and go in there and effectively shutting up shop but with the ball rather than without it and slow possession and you know loads of passes and not forcing the issue not opening up spaces for them to counter attack into which people don't like people want them to use the ball quicker they want them to attack they want them to in that case make more subs get men forward all this kind of stuff City don't want to do that and even when they get a good result it's hard to love that performance and you get people saying that was shit we need this we need that not noticing this kind of part of the bigger picture and obviously when it's a two-legged Champions League game and you win the second leg 7-0 it's easier to appreciate that but basically what they wanted from this game was a tight game um, and we'll, we'll get into that the other issue was well not so much issue but how I thought about this game all all week and kind of leading up to it and then how it changed in, when I saw Arsenal's team was I was thinking today a draw would be a very good result I thought Arsenal would be the favourites, um, you know, difficult for City without Rodri and all this kind of stuff. Um, but then when I saw they had no Saka, no Martinelli, I was like, well, that's completely... It changes changed the dynamic, what Arsenal yeah. are as a proposition. They've got, well, they've got no dynamic. You know, they're, they, they're still obviously a very good team. They're a very good team out of, out of possession in particular. Um, it, you know, maybe it means they can control the game better in the same way that... You know, when City didn't have a striker and De Bruyne was injured and they used the false nine, they had Gundogan and Bernardo in a good balance, they could control games easier and better. And I thought maybe with, with Trossard, you know, he'll help with that. But they haven't got the threat of Saka and Martinelli. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, you know what, I think City might win this. But in reality, City weren't especially pushing and they weren't, and they also weren't very effective when they did try to attack in the kind of constricted way that they set out to. And we'll hear from Guardiola on exactly what that was. The, they couldn't do it for a combination of the players not being brilliant and, and Arsenal being very good out of possession. Um, and so well, this... it added up to a game where Arsenal didn't have their best threats. They did look better when Martinelli came on, and obviously he got the the winner. If you're gonna, if it was on target, but fuck me, Edison would have caught it with his eyes closed. Um, so he gets the winner, and he did add a bit of impetus. But it was a nil-nil game. Arsenal didn't have their biggest threats. Both teams played similarly. You know, Arsenal were very good in terms of our possession and their effort and stuff. City were very good in terms of they kind of they completed half the job, or maybe even three quarters of the job, if you want to say they set out to keep the game tight. But the issue was just finding that extra bit of quality for both teams. And yeah, um, I, I think I would have said exactly the same, maybe with a bit more of a spring in my step had City won, but. It is what it is, really. Yeah, uh, sometimes, sometimes too deep on it, but like the the Rodri stuff is obviously very interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, ultimately it comes down to sometimes you roll the dice and you get snake eyes, and that's kind of it. And like on another, you play that game out another hundred times, and City's game plan probably is the same for each time, and Arsenal's game plan probably is the same each time, and you get a nil nil out of it for a lot of the times. So yeah, it's and like, it's like the you know the the Anfield game where yeah. Mahrez missed the penalty and all that kind of thing. It's like well, just the Spurs again. That's a good example. Myra's missed the penalty. The Spurs game in the Champions League away when Aguero missed the penalty and Son scored with what Spurs is only shot on target or whatever. You you go there, um, you, you keep the game tight, and then what happen, whatever happens happens. I mean, unfortunately for the for the sake of this analysis, I can't think off the top of my head of an example where they have <laughs> gone there and they've won. Um, but but, but I mean, I, fucking, there must be. But I mean, the, there's there's another aspect to this in that. Um, well, like I say the Leipzig one. It was a yeah. in the first leg. Keep it tight. Keep the game in play, and then they win the second one seven nil. Real Madrid. Thanks very much. Last season. 
Yeah, Real Madrid last season. But again, even like Real Madrid the season before, like, again, people, I think somebody said in the lead up to the game, and to be fair, they've said it since as well, the, the lead up to this Arsenal game, you know, should embrace the, the chaos and kind of go more end to end. But I was like, look, Guardiola's solution to He's not doing missing that. a little bit yeah. of control is not to give up on it altogether. It's to strive to have more of it. And again, we saw that. We saw that today with him striving to have more of it. And I suppose now is a good time to bring in that audio of of him explaining the game. And I asked because I just thought, again, what? There's no big sweeping conclusion you can make, in my opinion. I know people were saying, "Oh, the transfer policy," or with the. T- I mean, look. If you look look at the table, they're two points yeah. behind. I'm not doing the transfer policy games again. To there's go. no. There's no. There's nothing more to read into it. We know what the squad is and where it's been and like what what options are available. And it's like we yeah. we we can't keep discussing this when they don't get a result. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's my usual thing of if we're gonna if we're gonna judge them and we're gonna analyze it, let's let's do it from a, a position and a basis of knowing what they actually wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Because if they wanted to go there and create loads of chances, then fuck me, they were shit. But if they wanted to go there. And not have and not have it as a big chance creating extravaganza for either team, then they were fine. it helps to explain it helps to explain why it wasn't a great game to watch, and then we can we can kind of go from there. Yeah, well, um, yeah, lo and behold, he explained he explained why and quite succinctly actually as well. Yeah, let's say what Guardiola said after the game. Tight game. We start really well the first minutes. They start really well in the beginning, the second half with Martinelli. They increase the rhythm. The other was tight, and uh, we didn't create much. Didn't create much. And we defend really well, both teams. And uh, and at the end, uh, uh, yeah, when deflection like it was Wolves, we lost the game. You said it was a, it was a tight game. Was that the kind of game you set out for it to be? Were you when you came here today with the game plan? Well, we were looking forward to find more players in the middle, especially Julian and the other one to find. But they defend really well. They make incredible high pressing. It's difficult to do it because Raya had the ability to play in short and long. It's not easy to control these long balls with uh, with Gabriel. Uh, but we know it is. It's a fantastic team. They defend well, and 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 we know it. But in general, it was a tight, tight game. I think, for example, the year like last season or two years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, two years ago when we won one two or we three last season, they, they control more the game that was today, for example, and we won. So sometimes it happened. In terms of that plan, normally well, Jack really fits in so well for the kind of game you would like, normally like to play here. A lot of, lot of touches, a lot of passes. It wasn't any team today, was that? Well, the fact the fact that we don't have Rodri, I want to put more protection with the ball. The players like they are really good with the ball, with Bernardo, Kova and, and, and Rico, and have players in the middle that have the ability to turn and attack. And that is was the reason why to don't be a team so white. And, uh, and that's why we decide, so... Of course, Jack could have played, but start to come back. The play in Leipzig was really, really good. And but today, I decide to to other players. So that was Guardiola after the game. Um, and I, I guess Sam, it just kind of it, it contextualizes what they were were aiming to achieve from that game. And I kind of what I what I kind of want to say in terms of a comparison to other games that City played, especially at the Emirates, in that uh, in that performance. They went there without Rodri, they went there without De Bruyne, and that was the game plan to to make it tight and keep it tight because ultimately they've seen... Sure, we saw last season that I thought Arsenal were probably the better team over the 90 minutes, but City came well, away and won. It. Yeah, another, another the, thing the, Guardiola yeah. said was they controlled more of the game 
in the last two seasons, but City have won. And today City were better at controlling the yeah. game, but they lost. Like It happens. Yeah, and I, th- I was going to say the, the New Year's Day one as well, where Rodri scored the last-minute winner. Um, Arsenal were all over City for an hour in that game. And like, I, I remember, because I, I I sat at home and what, I went to, to mum and dad's to watch it and I sat with them and I was just like, there's there's no way we're getting anything out of this game. It's just that they cannot keep hold of the ball. And then somehow they won the game. And you kind of, when you pull out and look at the bigger picture of what they wanted to achieve today and um, this season's game at the Emirates, they they generally achieved that. It's just, again, they got beaten by the ball in Nathan Ake in the face. It's like, yeah. what, what more can you yeah. do? Like, what yeah. more can you, can, how much more can you analyse about that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, see you later. Um, but, you know, it's, just, it's just interesting to, to have that framework to go right there were never going to be loads of chances in this game partly because of how they set out to play and ha- partly because of you know Arsenal not having Saka and, and Martinelli for at least the, you know, the first half anyway so so we know that it was never going to be a cracker really um, but then yeah obviously, I suppose the analysis within that is like Kovacic everything well let's let's um, let's come back to conversation in a second you know yeah. the individuals you know the individuals within okay what were they trying to do and how did it work in in practice you know trying to find you know they're trying to find players inside but they said it didn't work because Arsenal was so good at pressing you know there's a valid excuse you know how many times we're well, not loads because you don't lose a load of games but how many times when they do do I say you know like Southampton are allowed to play well just because it's Southampton against City it is possible that yeah. they can come up with a game plan that makes City struggle and then you think well you don't need to explain that when it's like Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or Arsenal like they are good and they did make they did make City struggle in that sense but then yeah like it, it can't, I don't know I, I don't know at what point we're going to address the the Rodri absence thing I guess we'll kind of list all the things that were shit and then say, <laughs> uh, how much is this going to be a problem going forward yeah I do want to I do want to bring in um something I did see from uh John McKenzie on uh Twitter as well uh just because like the the idea yeah, he's a proper out of possession sicko yeah well this is it is that um in comparison to the two games that city have won at the Emirates recently um yeah uh, in comparison to the the games that city have won at the Emirates recently where again Arsenal better team city go and win it Arsenal were a lot lot better this year out of possession than they've been in any other year they've been that they were they were really well set up to stop city having any chances and like you know, we we I think we said on the um, it must have been the post Wolves show, but could have been the post Leipzig show uh, about Haaland. If Haaland doesn't get any touches in the in the game, and it's not his fault, it's not his fault. and it's like I, I saw a lot of um, reaction to uh, the game being well, you know, Saliba's pocketed Haaland, and I'm kind of like mm. I think but, I, I think well. Arsenal's job was actually done a lot better higher up. I don't think it was Saliba versus versus Haaland where the battle well. was won. It was won kind of a little bit higher up out of possession, stopping that pass into Haaland. Well, do you remember when Haaland was unveiled at City and he said something about having played against City for Dortmund where he didn't see the ball for 20 minutes? Yeah. It's like, that's how you keep him quiet. I mean, in fairness, there were two ways to keep him quiet. There's that and there is like just like a big, strong Rudiger or less sexy uh, Craig Dawson style (laughs) defender to do a job on him. And like... um, in fairness, Saliba, you know, you know, for months we've heard, oh, you know, if Saliba had played last season, we'd have done this or we'd have done that. No, fuck off, lads. All right. <laughs> but like, you see it today and you think it, they would have had a point. Because you know, within within like two minutes, in fact, within like 30 seconds, he was spinning Rob Holding. And, was it Rob Holding? 
Um, it's in that, 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 in that cup game. Of playing him in the cup game. Yeah. And then obviously in the in the league game as well. It was and like but like the way Saliba defended him today, like there was very, there were few duels between them. I don't know. Maybe look, if you see the stats, maybe there was like ten. But I, I remember like two in particular in the first half and like a couple in the second and. He just didn't get any change out of him at all. So there was that element um, of, of Haaland's performance. But you're right. Like, if he's not having touches, by and large. Like, the, there's two types of bad Haaland performances. Um, and one is when he has few touches, but that, I've always said that's not his fault. And it reminds me of, you know, when City beat Chelsea 1-0 when De Bruyne scored, like, 18 months ago. Yeah. January 2022 or whatever it was. Uh, and Lukaku had eight touches. I was oh, he's shit. I was like, oh, we just didn't, what do you mean? Like, Chelsea did nothing. They didn't have the ball. How could, how could the striker have a touch? Yeah, and they weren't trying um, to have the ball and they were, yeah, they were, yeah, they, they were the sat other, so deep, yeah. And again, like City weren't trying to create loads of chances today. So what are you expecting from Haaland? But the other type of bad Haaland performance, which we have seen more recently, but not against Arsenal, was mainly when he gets a chance but misses it. And to a lesser extent, when he does get a touch outside the box, and then he doesn't link up particularly well, which was which is which has been the case a few times this season. But you can't really read into anything Harland wise um, on Sunday because of that. Um, just a just a brief kind of aside before we get into all the different reasons why the ball didn't get to Harland. You know the you know we always talk about what fans want. In fact, we've already mentioned it. What fans want uh, as opposed to what like the players are being asked to do. In the first half, it, it changed after the Kovacic incidents. When obviously the the crowd were kind of galvanised, and even before that, I think Erdegaard like g'd all the fans up when he like pressed or something. And his pressing's fucking unbelievable. Like, even I spied that. Um, Arteta did it as well early on after Raya made a he? mistake. Yeah, when it was well, after it was after the moment where Alvarez blocked the Raya clearance oh, yeah, yeah, into yeah, yeah. the side well, netting. Because of that, they were getting really on top. They were getting really on top of Raya, and they were say, they were saying like, kick it, like, get rid of it, like. And I said because I was sat next to Michael Cox, I was like, this is when, and it reminded me of, I mean. It, not a great example because it didn't end brilliantly. But do you know when City played Villa when Gerard had just taken over and Bernardo scored that unbelievable goal, yeah, the volley yeah. on the counter attack. But like they were trying to play out from the back because that's what Gerard wanted. But all the fans were like proper, and you see it. There's like this ripple effect of new managers going to different teams trying to play out the back, and like the fans. I think the Burnley fans weren't happy with Burnley playing out from the back last year until obviously they won the the championship with it. Um, and there's this uncertainty, and it, I said to Michael Cox, I was like. This is like when a new manager takes over, like, and they just want the goalkeeper to get fucking rid of it. Like it was really weird, but like you could spot he was putting his foot on the ball and waiting for City to press, and City weren't pressing because you know we've already said that. Well, what do you do if you just don't press? Yeah, and they but they were thinking he was uncertain, and they were like like kind of jeering him, and like you could you could feel the kind of uncertainty spreading throughout throughout the ground. It's like he's not supposed to. Like he's, he's he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do there. He's not he's not supposed to do what you want him to do. Like he's he's not an idiot standing there looking, looking like he doesn't know what to do. He knows exactly what he's doing. And then Arteta did say afterwards he was like, yeah, the the fault's all mine. Like if they want to boo, they got to boo me because I got him. I get him to do that, and he does it. Yeah. And like he was a big part. Like and he that's... was he was spraying passes all over. Like Edison's distribution was a bit shit today, wasn't it? Uh, um, it started off all right, and then he put one out of play in the second half, and I thought, hmm. Yeah, just when we yeah, needed it to was not probably do around that. the same time yeah. when I when I made the same note and and like Diaz, but Diaz was the same. Like it's funny as well, isn't it? Like when you try and make the point, and obviously like Guardiola did say, you know, that he wanted men in the middle, and it is it was obviously a more patient approach because any time they could have, in theory, you know, they kind of won the ball in the middle, and then they could have gone forward. It wasn't like an obvious chance to counter attack, but any like kind of 
most teams will just go forward here. So he would normally turn it turn it back around, past a lot Walker or Diaz or whatever, switch over. You could just tell they were being more circumspect and they didn't want to push it. But like there were times when like Walker or Diaz in particular were just trying to put the ball over the top and it was just shit. Like like it was it was a terrible execution, but like surely that's not in the game plan. I mean, maybe it is. Also, there was a weird one. Not just now, and I'm talking about the game plan and our balls over the top. There was a time in the second half when Guardiola was coming forward. Oh no! Guardiola okay. <laughs> broke a bit, and he was bringing it up the pitch. And Haaland didn't make the run in behind. I said to my cock, I was like, "Well, why is Haaland not running? This, this is the one player who's going to pass to him, and he's not running in behind." I thought that was unusual as well. Coming up after a short ad break, we'll continue to dissect City's loss at Arsenal, and we'll look at City's options in the midfield. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. I suppose now is is the time really to to discuss Kovacic because um, the listen I I don't I'll be honest with you Sam I don't really care what you think about whether it should have been a red card the first challenge or whether you whether he well, should I mean, have been sent off. Answer there, isn't there? Or whether he should have been sent off for the second challenge because like my personal opinion is yes to both, um, but fine okay we'll get on with it. Um, I actually think the bigger crime in all of this is he he gave the crowd an opportunity to get behind something and that turned the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I say, the atmosphere in the ground was kind of... They were getting on Raya's back a bit. They seemed a bit uncertain. It was a bit moany. And then, yeah, that, that was definitely one of the bigger things that kind of galvanised them. But I mean, if, I mean, the first one was stupid enough, even before you saw the replays and you think... So, I mean, I know you said you're not really asked because it doesn't matter, but I didn't... If they'd have sent him off, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But I thought that is a yellow. I mean, it's it's you know it's an orange and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't like the worst in the world. If they'd sent him off, I wouldn't have complained massively. But I was fine with it being a yellow. And I think, you know, it would have been you know if let's say Rice had done that on Kovacic or whatever. Like it just it is it is what it is. But then obviously the second one is a yellow. But and that's just that the second one's just fucking stupid. Like what are you doing, mate? And like Kovacic has started really well. We've been very impressed with him, like on this on this show in particular. I think City fans in general have been really impressed with him. But like last week against Wolves, if you're getting subbed off for Calvin Phillips, then you've done something really fucking. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I hadn't thought um, of it like that. And he was, 
you know, he was he was giving the ball away a lot. He was on a yellow, very similar again, sliding up, sliding in. Um, I suppose with the way the Wolves fans were as well, it was like baying for blood. Um, like it was it was a mad enough challenge to make the first one, and then to do it again. I mean, it, again, this is just a ridiculous thing that people say, but like, just send him off for the stupidity of even fucking trying it. Like, what what are you doing? Um, and then yeah, but even before that, I just thought you know because City so often they. You know, they'd get the ball to Ake, kind of left centre back. He'd pop it into like Bernardo's feet. He'd get it out to Gradiol at left back. It was the free man. But then it still needed to go to like Foden and then Foden to Kovacic to try and get their way out of that corner and then spread it back over to the other side of the pitch. And they very, very rarely were able to do it. They tried to do it a lot, but they were very rarely able to do it. And again, it's partly because of Arsenal's aggression. But like Kovacic just in the when he needed to be kind of tight and precise. It just wasn't quite. It just wasn't quite there, um, and yeah, I thought I thought he was having a poor game even without the the two glaringly stupid fouls. Yeah, um, and then I thought like Lewis could barely just get in the game, but in in a similar way. I mean, to be fair, people have said he was very good, um, so I must have missed something. But it, I, I would say that in the same kind of context as Haaland. You know, I'm not I'm not saying Lewis had a bad game. Because he didn't use the ball well, I just yeah, thought actually, they when very I, much struggled to get him into it. Actually, when I think about it, when I, I remember now thinking when um, the commentator said that uh, Lewis would be one of those who was making way, I was thinking oh, that's a bit of an odd one. I thought he was doing all right, but I, you know, I, if you were to sit here and ask me like to pinpoint some things that he did, he did, yeah, I'm not sure I could answer that question. So maybe, yeah. may, maybe you're right. I don't know. Well, again, like he was on the pitch, and I mean, this is something that um, City Tactics Jim has said, and we we've been we were DMing a bit earlier as well. But like it's this tight spaces stuff, the the, 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 re- the reason spaces, why Oscar Bob like came on last week, yeah, 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 exactly. And like we were look, we've been talking about Rodri, and you know, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, I'm sure would have, but last week at Wolves, it felt like you know, well, City have been finding solutions all season. We've been talking about that the whole time, and now they've fucking massively run out of solutions, that, or at least solutions that work, but. They've been coming up with different solutions, but Rodri being banned was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because there's just no one left to control it. And then I suppose that does bleed into this point that Jim's made about like they just run out of players who have got that ability to play in the small spaces and can slow the game down and understand. I mean, again, Guardiola before the game was talking about Foden, and I mean, I will. We'll probably we'll probably do a show next week because obviously there's no midweek game, so we'll do we'll do a we'll do another show. Um, we'll get that audio in, but it was fascinating. And again, like Guardiola said, he's like a free bird who kind of does what he wants on the pitch, and he made it sound like a compliment, but it's no way it was it <laughs> can't have been a compliment. And the the ongoing Foden midfield thing, which I think we've referenced every single show since that international break when Southgate didn't play him in the midfield against Ukraine. Um, but he said like some, and and it's fine because like he was saying like Foden's got unbelievable talents in the final third, and he had. But he was talking about the midfield because because if he's going to play in midfield, and Guardiola obviously said, I want him to play as a holding midfielder. He goes, but to do that, you need that global concept of the game. You need to know that if I do this, what's the player going to do? If if they don't do that, then what am I going to do? And all this kind of stuff. And he was like, Phil doesn't have that. He goes, but like Rico Lewis does, for example. That's natural. But again, Lewis doesn't have. Foden's talents going forward but again Guardiola was looking around the squad 
for players at Arsenal to go back to his kind of controlled style, to understand this kind of concept of not leaving spaces behind you, to be tidy enough in the pockets, in the small spaces, to use the ball, to not exploit, not leave your team exposed, all this kind of stuff. And he's looking around now, and it's not Rodri, and it's not Gundogan, God rest his soul. It's not, like, I mean, even like, well, I mean, the greatest thing was interesting, but again, we'll we'll get to that. But he's looking and he's, and it's Lewis. And he's looking at last week and it's Oscar Bob. And you think, that isn't ideal, is it? Mm. And it's almost like, you know, we we kind of wondered earlier in the season, like this kind of new, quicker, direct style, like how much, you know, how much if, you know, Guardiola can choose from like a fully fit squad, how much would he go back towards the control? It's obvious, you know, we, we saw that against against Leipzig in the week. We saw it in a different way against against Arsenal. But it's like those players at the moment of Academy products who are brilliant Academy products, but they Still are missing the other things. Yeah. Like, I, there's, you talk about experience and stuff like that. Like Rico Lewis is never going to be able to give you what Gundogan can give you right now just because there's like, 12 years difference in their ages yeah. long more but does like, does Guardiola not, not going to happen does Guardiola make a different decision uh, ahead of 3:30 on Sunday if Rico Lewis hadn't played as well as he did against Leipzig that's that because because if if he if he if he played that role against Leipzig and you know did all right but wasn't especially setting the world on fire i wonder if he then looks at okay well we'll put we'll go back to the idea of of Kovacic and Nunes in there and mm. maybe that maybe the experience like Nunes offers something entirely different to what Lewis does but maybe yeah. that maybe that experience wins out but because Lewis played so well against Leipzig the idea is okay in, well we'll we'll see what happens with this yeah in the style of what he wants and yeah. you can see yeah, yeah, exactly yeah um that I think that's definitely the case. Uh, I mean, he, he trusts Lewis implicitly. Well, not implicitly, because, you know, like I say, the, he said himself there were reasons last season he didn't play, and the main reason was experience. Um, but yeah, it's just the fact that the way that Guardiola still clearly wants to play, I, I want, I'm going to say it doesn't seem possible. It's not true. That's like an overreaction. It is It is still possible, but it's just unusual. Um that he's looking around players to carry out the job he wants them to do. And it's just like, oh, okay. So that's from our academy, is it? Which is a bit of an eye-opener, actually. It's, it's just, it is just unusual. Um, but again, like going forward, Rodri's back after the international break. Stones is back. Um, I suppose the big the big shock, and again, this is why when I was like, predicting lineups and stuff, it's like, well, I, I can... Through the, my understanding of how Guardiola would want to control a game, this is what I predicted and I mean in terms of the 11 is this Grealish or Doku and it turns out I to be neither two, no it wasn't Grealish or Doku at all it was never going to be Doku in my opinion well this, this, this is the thing it's always going to be Grealish yeah but I mean I was wrong that's where I was at like, with it yeah because I, I was thinking like I, I was seeing a, a, a lot before the game of uh, fans saying that they wanted to see Doku in his dynamism and I was thinking I want to I don't want to see that I want to see Grealish in his control I moonwalk son yeah, yeah exactly and that. in the end we got neither yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it, it that surprised me, and it made me think, like, what is, like, what what does he think about Grealish at the moment? Um, again, I was so the question actually that I asked, I was talking to my boss afterwards, and I, I must be a nightmare to kind of deal with, well, generally, but after after a game like this, because it's like I 
I don't want to get drawn into like any even I don't even want to discuss a talking point. Do you remember when I said after the Community Shield mm. last season when Haaland didn't score? I don't even want to have the conversation. I don't even want to say, oh, we might need... I, just, I, don't, I don't want to be part of it. It's fucking stupid. Like, that's kind of what I was like. I don't want to talk about, oh, well, it's only October. There's, it's obvious. You don't need a thousand words stating the fucking obvious. Like, you don't, I, don't, I don't need to dive too deep into a game where it should have been nil-nil. But was, and so we were just having this million different like ideas, and he was like, "Why didn't Greedy's play?" I was like, "I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know." <laughs> um, I was like, "I would love to." Play. He was like, "I will ask him." So I did, and obviously he gave that answer. Like he wanted all the players inside, but again, it's almost it's like what you were saying about Lewis there and Nunes. It's almost like, well, if Grealish was, let's just say, hypothetically, Pep isn't happy with Grealish. If he were happy, would he have picked him and not wanted to put everyone down the middle? But I, I, I don't think so, to be honest. But basically, what I was going to say was, in terms of my prediction of the, of the lineup, I can go with well, if he wants control, he can do it. You know, he can do this, and Grealish will play, and all this kind of stuff. But there's always, always, always that caveat of well, he might just do something completely different that I've just not thought of. And obviously today, it was it was something that he's tried before. He did it in a in a in a new way. And if I use the phrase "gumming up the middle," you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. it was when Rodri was settling in in 2019-20. And, they, and the solution was double pivot, inverted wingers. They weren't pushing too much, were they? De Bruyne was doing all the legwork of the creating, really. Mares was doing a bit, Cancelo was doing a bit. But, you know, it wasn't fun to watch. But they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And obviously those were in the days when everyone hated Gundogan and thought he was a waste of space. Because he was just doing the job he was supposed to do. And the job was... Can you just stand in the middle and stop us conceding counterattacks, please? And then we'll worry about everything later. Yeah. And that was more or less the approach to what Guardiola was trying um, on Sunday. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more if you are a member, though, if you go and subscribe. What can members get, Sam? Haaland and his struggles or otherwise. Possibility of, would they ever play a false nine instead of him? Uh, Guardiola's constant search for solutions. Um, and how City respond with the difficult games coming up after the international break, of which I think they will win all of them. No spoilers, though. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Money.